guys, and welcome back to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your hosts, Vic Whaley. And Marcus D. And today we got a big shout out to our buddy Adam Mathers, old friend of the channel, keeping it real up in Indianapolis. This is to you, good sir. We're going to be finishing off the Red's Hard Apple Peaches. We didn't finish it in the last episode. I'm about to hand you my, I'm about to hand you my hard cider. Yeah, I just, I just need the bottle opener. <laughs> Actually, I think these might be twists. Oh, I don't know, but... For the day I've had, uh, it is, there we go, we're gonna make whatever's easier for us. Cheers to you, cheers, Adam. Cheers to you guys, and it is, it is a hot day while we are recording this episode. It is a nice, balmy, sweaty, 91 degrees outside. Hey, it's only gonna get worse, Indiana summers, man. It, it, well, we're down here in the Ohio Valley, so we're like under God's, you know, microscope. No, sorry, magnifying glass, where he's like frying us like ants. Oh, man, it's the kind of heat that makes you like... Wanna go back into work when you leave? Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it over the frigid cold though. Oh man! Like I like medium cold. I like medium hot. Love spring. Love autumn. Do not like the middle of summer. Do not like the middle of winter. I do. I need it as cold as possible to be comfortable, like a hibernating bear. So, do we got any comments from last time? We do. So we're gonna go over some comments from our bat squatch episode. Yeah, that surprised me how much stuff we were able to dig up on it. I really thought that it would be, like, way more <laughs> jokey than it was. I know. It turned out to be a little bit more of a serious cryptid than than what we gave it credit to be going I, in. But seriously, when you call it Bat Squatch, yeah. you're going to make certain assumptions. Like, it's all of the, what was it, the, the, the other squatches, you know, Bat Squatch, Sheep Squatch, Goat Squatch. Pig right, Squatch. Pig Squatch. It, they're all... It, it's hard to take them seriously when when you say it out loud, but it really is. But uh, so let's go over some of the comments. First off, uh, we had Creepy California. Cheers to you, good sir. By the way, frequent commenter on our stuff. Uh, Creepy California says, "Sounds like someone has been playing too much Fallout 76." Uh, but for real, maybe the whole Hollow Earth might explain why you can't find a body and then come up because they might be hungry or just curious and popped out. Or are there bat squatches in Fallout 76? Well, first off, I'm too concerned if anybody is playing Fallout 76 because <laughs> that is a terrible, terrible game. I mean, seriously, Ellie is a huge fan of the Fallout franchise, and when she said no to it, I knew something had yeah. to be wrong. But yeah, no, Hollow Earth 3 could actually explain a lot of reasons about why we don't find a lot of bodies uh, in the woods for a lot of these cryptids. But also, too, I think a lot of people don't understand just how... Big like the north, the Pacific Northwest actually is. I mean, if you got lost in there, they're probably just not gonna find your body if you like get lost out there. So, if there was just a couple bat squatches living out there, you probably not gonna find them. I still think it's something that falls more under like the demonic or gargoyle sort of thing. Mm. Let's see, we got Ken Bator. Ken Bator says the abominable snowman of the Himalayas is supposed to have backward facing feet. So Kin's probably referencing our episode even before Bat Squatch, uh, where we were talking about gnomes, especially like gnomes from South America, known as the Duende, who are supposed to have backwards-facing feet. 
Um, also, Kent, thank you for bringing that up, because I am surprised that we have not done something on the Abominable Snowman through, uh, throughout this channel. I know we, we kind of did one when we did, uh, oh, those, oh, uh, the, the incident, the, what's that incident that's, the Dateloft Pass incident. Thank you very much. Well, we try to steer clear of some of the stuff that's been talked to death. We try to do stuff that's a little more obscure, but truthfully, the Abominable Snowman's becoming more of just, you know... A kitschy thing that no one takes really, really that seriously anymore. Maybe, maybe it's time to dredge some of the real lore mm -hmm. up on it. Mm -hmm. Let's see, Rabid Sage, fantastic name by the way, said, "I don't know why it's using its wings to push a car with. I don't know about using its wings to push a car with, but sounds like waves from the magnified echo location screech seems possible." Oh, that makes... I didn't even th really think about that angle, but that makes a good degree of sense. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Hmm. Uh, Lee Shane, I think that's how you said that. I think I said that right, said. Uh, gargoyle and giant bat topics are not common. Also, has anyone noticed people don't use the word cryptid to describe such potential creatures anymore? It seems like that term faded away when the recently previous decade ended. Uh, Lurker viewer here, by the way. I enjoy your guys' podcast content and have been on play while I have been going, uh, while I game for a few hours. Oh, sweet. Thank you. I, we appreciate that, by the way. And actually, speaking of that, I 100% agree with you about cryptid, and I am surprised that it took this long for me to bring this up. So many times when you write the word cryptid in a Microsoft Word document, it comes up as misspelled, and it doesn't have a correct spelling for cryptid. Wait, people aren't using the word cryptid anymore? It's just, you can try typing into the Microsoft Word and see what happens. It makes it come up as something that's misspelled and it doesn't autocorrect into, or doesn't autocorrect and it doesn't uh, um, spell check into anything oh, like that, it. That doesn't surprise me. Cryptid was really more of a slang term, but I mean, I really thought people were still using the term cryptid. What are people using now? What? No, people, no, I think uh, monster. Oh, okay. So probably something like that, but it just... It's just, it's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised with how often the word cryptid is used. Also, I'm normally a lurker when I watch things, so a uh, little big kinship right there. But, <laughs> we, but we appreciate the comment. Thank you very much, by Lurker the way. solidarity. Absolutely. Um, so I know I haven't done a lot of stuff on the Paranormal News in the last couple episodes, but we have a really uh, good one for you today. I've been sitting on this all week, and I could not wait to talk to you guys about this. Uh, June 14th, I don't know how many of you guys saw this, on the western coast of Australia, they saw a massive green fireball UFO shooting across the sky around 11.30 midnight-ish. Uh, and it took everybody by surprise, everybody's freaked out, it looks super cool. Uh, we're going to put a link to, the, to a great video of it uh, in the show notes so that you guys can go over and check this out. Uh, Vic, did you know that green fireballs in the sky is actually a, it's actually a phenomenon that goes back for a while, actually. Oh yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about green fireballs picking up things about it, mm -hmm. kind of here or there. It's not something I've really ever focused a lot on, though. So, initially people are, are just saying that this is some sort of meteor. You'll see it on there, that they, oh, this is a specific meteor. I think they even gave it a name. They called it, uh, no, they called it Asteroid 2002 NN46, which is a terrible name. By the way, that's just, um, that's an awful name. But um, in actuality, green fireballs have been seen in the sky all throughout the world going far back. Actually, in the 1950s, the U.S. government 
So, so many green fireballs around some very sensitive uh, military and research facilities, they became super concerned as to what these things actually were. That's really interesting, because isn't one of the things that they're thinking that this might be was um, space debris? Mm -hmm. There'd be a lot less space debris back then. Mm -hmm. And they they dedicated a lot of time and energy into investigating a lot of these green uh, UFOs that they saw streaking across the sky. Actually, in fact, it was in, uh, it was in I believe it was 1949, they actually had a conference in, uh, in Los Alamos to where they got a bunch of military brass together there was physicist h-bomb scientists they had and including members are you sure it wasn't military copper no it was military brass no it's it's, it's a joke because if i remember right copper burns green Oosh. <laughs> Oosh. i am telling bad bad chemistry joke there. i am telling the lore of the story sir sorry please, please continue please Thank continue you. anyway and and not only that but a special appearance by people from project sign now, for those of you guys who don't know who Project Sign are, they are the precursor to the precursor of Project Blue Book, the big U.S. government project where they're investigating UFOs. Projects, yeah. Have we done a video on Sign yet? No, and we should. I know we've done a lot of the different groups. I wasn't I sure if we'd done Sign. I know. It's hard to say exactly how much we've talked about this, but I've been trying to push for this for a while. Project Sign, if people that don't know who they are... Project Sign is the first actual U.S. government project where they're trying to investigate UFOs. And the reason as to why they, they only lasted about a year before they were replaced by a new project was because their final report came that many of these UFOs that they found uh, were probably extraterrestrial. And I could see them giving <laughs> yeah. them the boot after that. And the government was like a hard no. <laughs> the government was like a hard, like, no, nah, we can't be doing that. But these guys actually attended the, uh, the conference. And from the conference... Uh, believe it or not, uh, they they tried to say from the conference that they thought that these green fireballs were just probably meteors. That's what they were. But not everybody at the conference was convinced of this. Huh. Now, this is a special time like in ufology history here because keep in mind, we are probably we are in February of uh, four, or 1949 right now. And by December, uh, and a little bit later in that, that's whenever Project Grunge takes over for Project Sign, and that's whenever the government pretty much starts their massive debunking campaign for every UFO that they ever see. And even though they're like, no, nah, these green fireballs probably aren't UFOs, they still decided to dedicate an entire U.S. military project to investigating these green fireballs in the sky, codenamed Project Twinkle. That <laughs> I know. That is a name right there, man. Could you, that is a name. Could you imagine being an Air Force pilot being called in to be like, all right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be investigating UFOs. This is super cool. Alright, what what do we call it? Uh Project Twinkle. I'm from Project Grunge. <laughs> I'm from Project Blue Book. I'm from Project Twinkle. <laughs> I don't know, I, I kinda like it. I think I could be down with, with yeah. uh being on part of Project Twinkle. Um, Maybe I I think it would I think would you because there's a reason why because they they that that particular project for the U.S. government only lasted a couple years, and they eventually they their final their final report which is by the way called the Twinkle Report. <laughs> I, wow, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, initially says that they probably think that most of these green fireballs are meteors, 
but the U.S. government still chooses not to declassify all of their research. That's peculiar. Mm -hmm. I really wonder what's in there that, uh, if it's really just, you know, meteors, Yeah. I don't really know why they wouldn't declassify it. I don't, I've been asking myself the same question. Kind of makes you feel like they might have found out a little more than just that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for anybody that's trying to just say that, write this off as some kind of meteor, these green fireballs in the sky go back way further than you think. And there probably could be more to them than what we really think is going on. Oh, man. Okay, so I, with that out of the way, I think it is time to get into today's episode, don't you think? Okay, Marcus pulled up a really, really peculiar one. I, I did. literally I never did. heard of this one mm. before. And it's been kind of an interesting one. Also, a little mad at Marcus. I've had to go on so many new new age sites, and I hate trolling around new age sites. You're also not a huge fan of digital folklore. Um, actually, the folklore behind this one, I actually am all about. This I is know. a really neat I one. But I was very worried initially coming in. I was very initially worried in because I know that you, sometimes you have to take a lot of digital folklore with a little bit of grain of salt. Um, because it can be easily written off as just a simple creepypasta, and I totally admit that it's quite possible. But I do find them, but I do find them kind of interesting. And this one does have a little bit of an SCP vibe, which, mm. if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's a sci-fi writing project, a really interesting one of that. But why don't you explain yeah. to them what we're talking about? So as I was researching Black Stickmen. Um, like a lot of times in which a lot of people start their paranormal research, I was on obscure uh, obscure urban wiki. And it's kind of a good jumping off point if you want to look for anything. Like, you know, kind of spark notes stuff for a lot of stuff in the paranormal. And as I'm, I'm looking up stuff on Black Stickman, there's the stuff on the bottom where it's giving you, like, suggested articles you could look at. And I noticed one that was called Solar Plexus Clown Gliders. And that is a mouthful to say. And I'm like, what is this? That is four words that do not sound like they should be put together. And I click on it. And so it is a wild ride. So supposedly, supposedly, back in the 1990s, there was this internet legend going around that people were circulating these cursed images of these freaky clowns. And supposedly they have one on, on the website, and we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Vic has not seen it. I refuse to look at it, because I do not look at things that supposedly curse you when you look at them. Now, for now for veterans of the for of our content and our channel and stuff, like you guys know I'm far more terrified of being cursed than I, Vic. He is more scared of it, but I, there are certain ones I don't really poke at. Like, there's a certain box that I will not talk about. Yeah. You, some of you guys might know the box I'm talking about, but just talking about saying his name invites the curse. So as much as like uh, Marx has tried to get me to do something on that topic, I don't want to talk so, about it. There's no warning label on this, so, I, so I'm already reading this, discovering, oh crap, just even looking at this photo is going to curse me. So I'm already just, I'm already this deep in, I might as well just keep going, because there may be no going back. Um, but it's also, uh, it's also supposed to, if you just even hear the words... Uh, solar plexus clown gliders uh, that you can become cursed by just hearing this. So also apparently curse alert. Yeah, actually, this was another one of those. 
I didn't think this through. Uh, not safe for not being cursed. Now, keep in mind, I've been researching researching this thing all week. I feel fine. I have not had anything bad happen to me. I'm I'm doing pretty good for what's supposed to happen when you see these images or hear solar plexus clown gliders. And it, God, it's such a mouthful. But supposedly, if you see this image or if you or if you say this thing or if you say those words over and over and over and over, it's essentially supposed to curse you, and it's supposed to uh, infect what your solar plexus chakra which is the third chakra going up from the bottom yep so i believe it's the nether regions uh your stomach it's not so much the nether regions it's kind of the area around the navel the navel no i'm talking about that's where the first one is going from oh the bottom yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah going for the bottom up you're at your nether regions then you're at your stomach and then your solar plexus chakra is above is a little above your navel yeah and it's also called the Manipura, but I'm probably mispronouncing that. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't know I don't really know a lot about chakras. I know a little bit. Yeah, so that's not our bread and butter on a lot of this, but so that's where I discovered that's where the solar plexus part comes from. And it's supposed to it's supposed to infect that part that part of your body. And once you become infected, it's supposed to do things to you such as uh, cause intense paranoia, um, hallucinations, depression, anxiety, Loss of all drive, um, loss of willpower, which to a degree makes sense with the chakra it's hitting. If it is targeting that specific chakra, that is the chakra that's over your determination, your courage, your forthrightness, your self belief, and it's pretty much the chakra that governs your ego. Mm -hmm. And that they will just wear this chakra down. Uh, to the point where it just essentially ruins your life, you commit suicide, they possess your body, all of these other, all, all of these things are theoretically things that are supposed to happen to you. And I'm like, this is, this is intense. I'm already getting freaked out by, you know, these things are supposed to curse you, possess you, cause you to have, like, awful hallucinations and things like that. And even a lot of the people, the stories that are on there, because there's, I will admit, there are very few stories attributed to this because when i went online initially when you go online initially to, to search for this thing i can't find stories of this that uh, people talking about this pre-2017-18 like not even that far back even most of the comments that are on the wiki that i was looking at are all from 2020 but that's not to say that i didn't think that there was something to this particular type of a legend like the most famous story is this guy named Jason Carpenter, who is the uh, he runs the podcast Dead Rabbit. He's the Dead Rabbit Radio podcast, and it's a pretty cool. And his YouTube video on it is not even that long; it's about seventeen minutes, and it's a pretty good read where he talks about it and he talks about his intense experience of thinking that he may have become uh, infected by one of these things because he did. Because what happens to him is he goes; he's writing a paper for a class. And he goes to a courthouse, and while he's in this courthouse, he starts having this uh, pain in his back, is how he describes it at first. And then while he's in there, in the courthouse, all of a sudden he sees this three-foot-long cobra coil up, raise its head up, and just is just there in the courthouse, and nobody else is seeing this thing except for him. And then it just vanishes. And this is a guy that's not prone to you know, mental health issues at the time or anything like that. Imagine it's just, you know, a, you know, you or me or anybody just sitting around all of a sudden just a massive snake hallucination slithers up and then just disappears in front of your eyes. 
And uh, it wasn't even until a long time after that that he realized that shortly after having this experience, he describes himself as going through one of the worst periods of his life. He goes through insane bouts of depression, anxiety. He lost all drive to do most of the things that made him happy. Which are all things that are attributed uh, to this particular type of phenomenon. Okay, I, I have a quick question here that I I imagine some of our listeners have too. Mm-hmm. He never saw the actual solar plexus clown image, though. He heard the he heard about the he heard about the uh, he heard about the uh, the particular type of phenomenon. Okay, so he had already he possibly yeah. could have been exposed to the curse yeah. by talking by about talking it or by hearing talking about, about it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, sorry, I didn't get that part. That's interesting that it's a snake, because often, um, because, so you, just so you guys know, we're probably going to be going into some DMT stuff here. Yeah. And usually when people are involved with snakes, particularly rainbow snakes, that's usually involves healing a chakra, not like kind of wrecking one up. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, I, but I haven't read too much about cobras specifically, so maybe like, that bucks the rule. Initially, when I'm looking at this phenomenon, it takes me in one of two... It it makes me think of one of two possibilities. Either A, this is a phenomenon that not many people were talking about prior to now. Like, I asked asked Ricky... Like, I asked Ricky who he worked with, and he's been on... He's been on the podcast about this, and he claims that he thinks that he's heard about several types of clown uh, phenomenon like this, but he wasn't particularly aware of of an internet... Uh, of this internet legend going around though he he had had a lot of experience with clown-esque entities but it wasn't about this type of a thing um and a lot but a lot of times with many of these stories what happens is is it's kind of like when we talked about uh static men you know like the static people you know there's not a whole lot of stuff that's out there about these people that are made of tv static but once you talked about your personal story with them you know when we reached out to people on reddit about it here comes the slew of stories of people coming forward talking about them seeing these things and thinking that they were alone. So that's kind of one of the reasons about why I wanted to bring this topic up in the podcast to see if anybody else had had a similar experience like what we're talking about here. So either the initial article is incorrect about about the time when it started yeah. or it's just something that flew under most people's radar or yeah. at least didn't make enough of an impact on the internet for there yeah. to still be information about today. My other running theory is since, again, people weren't talking about this till about 2017, 2018, within that time frame, don't forget, that was also about the timeline. I'm pretty sure that we saw like the 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 freaky clown people running around on TV and you know like now those those sorts of stories go in cycles i'm almost 100% positive that by the time that this probably was being talked about on the internet when you go searching for it uh, that that was also going on at the exact same time like people showing these bizarre photographs of clowns circulating around people saying they're seeing clowns out in the public and things like that by chance, did you uh, do any searching using uh, the Wayback Machine? I did. Well, I did a reverse image search on the actual image that they have in the Obscure Wiki that you guys can see. And I didn't find it anywhere else except on this one locked Twitter account. So I couldn't really see what the guy on Twitter was actually talking about. But that was the only place that I could find it, which I also thought was kind of odd that I couldn't find this image anywhere. 
So likely not the original image. That or, or it's a sole survivor. Or it's an image that just people are just not putting out that that, are, that, are, that isn't being circulated anymore. I I think, if, if it's cursed, I would hope people aren't circulating it. Well, another one of the things that people think suspect that this could be too. People also suspect this could be some sort of like a CIA mind experiment thing where they're trying to put this out to scare a bunch of people to see what happens, and then they just wipe the internet clean. Oh yeah, I didn't really think about that sort of angle. Mm-hmm. Almost kind of reminiscent of uh, Polybius. Mm-hmm. And put uh, and to see what people would, how people would react to such a thing. And I could believe that maybe they were trying to cover their tracks, and that's why you can't find it. I was very surprised to see that nothing came up on a reverse image search. Um, if you type that in and you look for searches, the only other photo that I saw was this other really freaky clown image and the website was taking me to in a hispanic website um and lo and behold my internet didn't want me to t my computer didn't want me to take me there because it said that there was a uh, vicious malware uh on that site uh so i can't be sure you know, cursed images should count as vicious malware yeah, I, so, and your computer was smart to avoid yeah them. good job norton antivirus <laughs> for giving me a heads up on that one it's it just you know, most people are trying to say that this thing is just some sort of a massive hoax, that it's not real. But this really fits under the umbrella of a lot of other bizarre clown entity stuff that's out there. You guys probably know by now, we like talking about the Harlequin from time to time. And mm -hmm. we usually kind of keep an eye out for things that kind of appear on that same sort of similar vein, so... Something like this is unlikely to go totally unnoticed by us. Oh, yeah. It strikes a very... It strikes a strong resonance with that. And if you guys have never heard of the Harlequin before, Vic, do you want to give them a quick rundown of about what it is? Yeah, I'll give you a real quick one. It is a paranormal entity that looks traditionally like um, a Harlequin. Usually a paint-up person similar to a mime with more color. Think about something along those lines. Almost always described as being very, very lithe. Very, very bizarre, and being able to move in very unnatural ways. Uh, it usually targets children and is involved with children's disappearances. But that's just the quick of the matter. Mm -hmm. One of the things that often uh, occurs in Harlequin encounter stories is children or adults, will, but generally children, will see this jester-esque, Harlequin-esque, clown-esque entity, and all of a sudden they have time loss they find themselves in places that they're not supposed to be you know that they they get taken in the woods of this this wonderland-esque place if i remember right one of the examples of the time loss is very odd where the family's sitting down for a meal at the table and then basically the thing walks in and if i recall correctly the whole family starts fighting mm -hmm. and then boom no one knows how why or what happens but then until it's sometime later, they're finishing dinner and everything's back to normal. Mm -hmm. And in one particular uh, story that I found that was very, very terrifying about the Harlequin, there was a story about a child. I believe this was in, uh, I know I didn't write this particular story down. I believe I want to say it was Montana, maybe Minnesota. Stay with an M throws out at me. And it was these two brothers, and they were about, I think, 8, 9, maybe 10, 11. And the younger one uh, come, uh, comes and tells his older brother that he was absolutely terrified thinking that there was this clown entity that was coming saying that was going to kidnap him, and his brother didn't think anything of it. His parents didn't think anything of it. The next night, the kid goes missing. One year later to the day, uh, the older brother also goes missing. 
and you know they're never seen for, and they're never and they're never seen from again and just generally in the police reports it just says it has these two stories of these kids talking about seeing this harlequin jester-esque entity it really has a sort of malicious face sort of vibe to yeah. me yeah. that sort of kind of changeling angle on things and so many times when people talk about the harlequin they give it this power set where they say well they have mind control well, if you really think about, say, the solar plexus clown gliders, and what they're talking about, they affect your solar plexus chakra, which affects your confidence, your willpower, your personal drive. So imagine something that just turns that down all the way to zero. Oh, and check this out. I don't know yeah. if you're aware of this, but um, that's also the same chakra that makes you aware when you're under spiritual attack. Yeah. And imagine, so if all of it gets turned down, that all of a sudden really seems initially like mind control but it very well could be another thing that they're targeting altogether beyond that there's a whole aspect of the harlequin phenomena where it seems to it seems to target the fundamental understandings of someone's reality they try to break down everything that you know and give you a less stable surface and once again that's going to be another angle where it's making an assault on your confidence because if you can't feel secure you can't feel confident. Mm -hmm. And it even goes further. Oh my God. There's just so many things about clown entities just all over the paranormal. You know, we talk so much about so many things being connected or not being connected enough. All throughout the 1970s too, people on the East Coast talked about their children coming home from school saying there were these clowns in these cars that were driving up to them trying to lure them in trying to make them feel it was okay to come with them and none of and like this was all over the east coast you can do research on this the police went out everywhere trying to find these clowns these clowns and nobody could ever find these things uh, you guys might not realize this but the sort of clown phenomena phenomena like we saw a few years ago about them popping up in yeah. weird places that is a cyclical thing that you can trace back many years as periodically popping up. We've tried to hit this from every angle we can. We can't tell you why. The closest connection we can give you is it seems to be somewhat tied in with election years. Yeah, that was the seems to be like on a four-year cyclical cycle that always just seemed to pop up every time around that. Because I want to say maybe it was two thousand. Oh man, maybe it was two thousand sixteen. Man, maybe when that started. Oh, yeah. We might have to like to bust do, out our yeah, timeline one day for to, you guys to, to to do that. It's 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 weird. Yeah, and but, even in many and in, even in many of those stories, there was tons of stories about people that were seeing people in these clown jester outfits that were just hanging outside their windows or walking around their towns and things and, and their towns and things like that. But even if you go look deeper into many of those stories, the number of people that were apprehended for many of those is very very small. Do you know we don't know exactly what the origin of clowns are? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people have tried to trace back the history of where did the clown come from? Where did it originate? What is it based on? What is the origin of it? But no solid historical origin has really come forward. It's just kind of a unknown on why the heck humans start doing this. Personally, I think clowns are terrifying and kind of hate them. They are. They are very weird, man. I think that's what's speaks to so many people is because there's usually something about a clown that it's just it takes something within the the normal human context and it makes it just 
super grotesque, whether it's its hair, face, sh- size of its feet, whatever that it's got going on, dress, and it's just disturbing. Can I derail for a sec? Sure. Okay. Marcus, I know you know I'm I'm afraid of clowns. Do you know... Underst- understatement. Do you know... Okay. I am... I have a phobia of clowns, but the thing is I don't respond with the fear response. I respond with the sort of aggression response. Mm-hmm. So I just have to steer clear of them altogether. But do you know why? Why? Okay. It all started when I was a little, little kid. And I'm going through a haunted house. And I guess one of the actors got a little too out of... I'll just tell you what happened. One of the actors dressed in a clown picked me up off the ground, slammed me against the wall, and started shaking me. You went to a haunted house where they picked you up and shook you? No, they weren't supposed to do that. Oh. No, my my dad grabbed the guy, socked him. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. He did something. He Because the thing is, like, I was kind of in this catatonic state after that. But <laughs> my dad did something to him, pulled him off me, and just kind of got me out of there and had a talk with him. And they said they wouldn't let that guy work there anymore. But yeah, no, some some random jerk just picked me up, slammed me against the wall, and started shaking me. That's terrible. And I guess it didn't make the haunted house very scary. <laughs> just but... made, it, made it traumatizing. Well, yeah. I guess it's not so bad. I was like, well, I guess my dad can beat up any clown that comes. <laughs> I guess that's why you're scared of them now, because your dad's not here to beat them up for you. <laughs> But no, like, so ever since then, whenever I see a clown, I just get super, super angry for, like, no reason. So I just avoid them. <laughs> like, I remember once back in college, um, like, I smoked back in college. And, I remember this. Oh, okay. I, was, I was there for that. I was there for this. I'm out, uh, I'm outside one of the buildings having a cigarette. This is back when you could smoke on campuses. <laughs> and this clown, for some reason, walked around the corner. I just threw my cigarette at him and took off. No, you backed up. Okay, sorry. You, you backed up like you were looking at like a wild animal and and then went into the building and took off. And the guy just thought that it had something to do with the movie It. And I said, no, nah, I think it has something to do with you. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought I threw a cigarette at him or something. No, you threw it on the ground. You oh, threw it, threw like it on a, the ground. Okay. You threw it like at an angle yeah. on the ground or, th- or something like that. I don't really remember it that well. I kind of have a little bit of a fugue situation going when I'm around yeah. him. <laughs> Although that particular guy took it, took it well. He completely understood. I think that by now many people that... Our clowns understand that some people have a super huge phobia of these clowns. You ready to jump into some of the DMT stuff? Do we want to? All right. Do we want to jump into the DMT stuff now, or do we want to save that for when for the patron content? Because the the thing that I really want to get into is do we? What do we think these things particularly are? Okay. Like we. Oh yeah, we we can save it for the patron stuff. I'm just really looking forward into because there's some. Deep really stuff interesting connections between some of the stuff people are yeah. encountering under DMT. Because this is this is coming out Saturday. Because this is probably going to be coming out Saturday when you guys are probably listening to this. And we're, it took a little because we listened to tons of tons of DMT stories. Um, but to, but thinking about what these particular things actually are, so many people think that that they're people dressed up in clown outfits. But I I really wonder if there are some sort of just extraterrestrial entity that just looks bizarre. Like when I think of like clowns, that when you look at the image. That's the solar plexus clown lighter. It actually looks a lot like Indrid Cold. Like when looking at it. It has a huge pale face, massive smile. Very simple as clown look. I'm gonna have to take your word on it. I'm just I'm telling you that's what it looks like. And you know, Indrid Cold is supposed to be an alien as far as what we know, that he's supposed to, you know, that he came from another planet, that he was here, you know, you know, doing the things that he was doing. So I'm really wondering if that's what's going on. And the reason that they look the way they do is just because they're an alien entity. 
And see, he was supposed to be Venetian initially. Oh man, I think I think Lumeria was that. Oh, was that yeah, was that the, was that his was that his planet? No, I think that was someone. Oh, okay, I, I yeah, don't yeah, recall yeah. off the top of my head where he's supposed to be from, but he did have a very kind of odd look to him, especially in some of the initial sketches of Indri Cold. I was always very skeptical about the idea of him being an extraterrestrial. So much of what he said, based on the alien stuff, seemed kind of fishy and very kind of sculpted for the time period. Mm -hmm. And we'll put up an image of Indercole, too, so you guys can kind of do a comparison of the two images. Because it looks so similar to me when I look at it. So that was my first thought looking into it. Now, now we're talking about the plot from it, Clown Aliens. It could very well be. Okay. I don't feel like there's a strong extra or extraterrestrial oh god i can't talk extraterrestrial connection here but to what it and yeah it does kind of look like andrew colton maybe he was an extraterrestrial but i really get if we're just talking in general about what these are if you twist my arm and ask me to give you the best guess I would still probably land on them there being a connection to Fae. And I know some people draw the connection between the Fae and extraterrestrials as well. But uh, I don't know, like just the very litheness to them. They seem to have that unnatural but disturbing grace to them. They are flamboyant. They are very, very peculiar. Like It just kind of gives me a face sort of angle. They almost always disappear back into the forest. Mm -hmm. Think about the um, the weird clown encounters from a few years ago. Most of them were around forest, and that's where they just disappeared back into. Once again, even going back to some of the earliest like fey encounters with the Romans, that's one of the things that they attributed to them, being able to just fade into the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's if you twist my arm. If I'm just taking a more broad thing and looking at what we la we've we laid out, what we know, I, w I think we can venture a motive. I think, particularly with some of the stuff that we're going to be talking on later, I think that these are entities that are looking to de-secure individuals, shake their confidence, try to wear them down, particularly to the point of something being like large quotation marks here, ego death trying to basically almost empty someone out of a sense of self. Now, why they want to do that, I have a few theories, but I'm not totally sure. My first theory is maybe to break down someone's guards for something along the lines of maybe possession. But I would say if I'm going to come up with a motive for these entities... It's something like that. Because think about what happens when they show up. Let's talk about um, the clown appearances from a few years ago. They show up. They shake up towns. They make everyone afraid. Um, think about like a lot of them just kind of appear on cameras doing menacing things. They very rarely ever actually take someone, but they do imply that they're trying to. They seem to more instill and inflict fear. Um, think about the Harlequin case. Uh, with the Harlequin, there was a whole lot of menacing going on before any kid was taken. There is a lot of there was a lot of stories of what was happening to that family, where it's slowly chipping away at them, breaking them down before anyone's taken. And the Solar Plexus Clown, I think, falls in this same sort of lore vibe. Mm. I think it has a similar sort of mob. I don't know if the actual story is a hundred percent legit. Um, because we don't have a whole lot of information to go on that specific thing. But what I will say is, 
it seems to fit into a modus operandi that is consistent with the rest of these bizarre Harlequin clown jester phenomena. I think that the solar plexus clown, clown <laughs> the solar plexus clown gliders definitely changes the conversation, I think, about the way we think about many of these clown entities opera. Because it's, I mean, it could just be something that's just beyond, that's not just straight up mind control. They're targeting something that's that's totally different. They're targeting another aspect of, of, of us, which is very scary from a Western perspective. Because if you think about it, most Western people don't really understand what a chakra is like as far as what i'm aware of like i i know the clown phenomenon is huge here in the united states i don't really know if it's actually that prominent in places that actually like know about chakras or it's or it's more accepted within their culture you mean clowns in general yeah oh yeah no no uh, almost every um culture has a equivalency of a, of a clown it does exist in um ch in aspects of chinese theater as well as um, Japanese, but to the but to the extent of what we're talking about with say like the Harlequin and are you talking about the, like the, people being snatched and things like that? Yeah, that I don't know of. I know like the actual like archetypical jester clown thing that does exist in those cultures. As far as the supernatural angle on it, it's we we know this from trying to research like um, men in black en encounters in Japan. It's kind of hard to get some of that local yeah. uh, information when you're talking across like language barriers. Yeah, because again, if you're trying to target like a particular chakra, most people within the United States, within this, within the Western culture, probably are not going to know about trying to to address something that's trying to target that. But I mean, the chakra points they don't only exist in they originate from. Um, like India spread yeah. through China, Japan, but the thing is, other cultures have other names for them. So they do mm -hmm. exist in Western culture by different names. Okay, okay. But again, with people that they seem to be targeting, that they don't seem to be targeting people that I think would be aware of. Be, I mean, be aware of this. True. Which again, if they're if you're trying to be a malevolent entity trying to do this, that's who I would target. I would target people that probably don't know a whole lot about chak about chakras and things like that. I think every story that I've ever heard of that I research, especially going through like the many tons of dmt stories that we've looked harlequin cases that we've seen um you know when i was listening to to jason from dead rabbit uh from dead uh, dead rabbit radio i'm not really picking up a vibe on people that even he himself was actually talking about that he was not aware of this particular chakra um point so it seemed to confuse him so to me i think maybe that is the solar plexus clunk letter uh, conversation is definitely, I think, helping maybe clarify maybe what's going on here. I think it's just one more piece in a puzzle where we don't have a clear picture yet. Yeah. I think there's a connection to this Harlequin entity that we've been trying to get a portfolio on since like the first year we started this channel. Oh yeah. Um, we've been working on this for a while, guys. Um, no, I remember. I, I remember. I remember reaching out about the Harlequin and getting very little back from most people. It's just, I, I think whatever the phenomena is, it's rare. Yeah. It does follow certain certain predictable, certain aspects of it seem to be predictable. It seems to follow a specific modus operandi. But at the same time, it does not strike very many people. It strikes in a very limited range. I think like even as far as like the uh, mystery clown flare-ups that we were talking about happen cyclically. I think this most recent one was the only one that was really, really big, and that's just because mm. we have more national news nowadays than we used to. Mm. I think that pretty much sums up most of our thoughts on it. 
I, I wish. I, the, here's what frustrates me. We've been trying to chase this thing for a while now, and I really still feel like we only have a few puzzle pieces, and we're trying yeah. to pick out the whole damn picture. So, if you guys know anything on this sort of thing, please send us a message. Yeah, we, we need more information on this particular type of entity so that I think we can have a clearer conversation. I mean, I know I was totally babbling through i think the last the the last time i was trying to explain kind of my thoughts on what's going on here with the solar plexus clunk ladders again it's just it's it's that difficult of an entity to talk about again because there's not a whole lot that is out there on these things i mean again the story that i was talking about from the two boys was was a account that i saw on youtube i remember going back trying to find that video i can't find it anywhere you know it's one of those things that just ups and disappears why? I don't know. I can find videos that I've been watching for the last eight years on YouTube, you know? Why do things like that disappear? A good starting point for any of you guys who are wanting to start looking into this sort of phenomena, go look at some of our older videos on the Harlequin and also go to Mysterious Universe, uh, search through their articles, and um, you will find, I think there's three or four articles on the Harlequin over there as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to at least wrap up today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that because it is, this is obscure, as almost as obscure can get. This is a difficult topic to talk about. And guys, let us know if you're enjoying these really out there topics. I know we've been pulling them, we've been leaning pretty far into the obscure wasteland over here. <laughs> and we can keep digging that up for you guys yeah. if that's what yeah. you're liking. Yeah, please let us, please let us know in the comments below. Uh, again, if people are enjoying this episode, I think we'll do another uh, giveaway again. If you guys uh, like this episode, we're going to post this up on our social media. Go ahead and share uh, this from our social media posts, and we will give a random person uh, a free video from our Patreon content. And we have a ton of views, uh, that uh, videos that we have put up there for you guys, for you guys to choose from. Um, but until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Okay, so now can we talk uh, yes. about the DMT stuff? Now we can talk about the DMT. Okay. So if this is the first time that you guys are uh, listening to this podcast, uh, this is the part of our podcast this is who's for our patrons. We give you guys a little bit uh, and whatnot, and then it trails off into some music. So if you guys are interested in the rest of this conversation, go over to our patron and sign up. Okay. DMT, dimethyl, my dimethyl tryptoline? I know I'm saying that wrong. But it is a chemical that exists in the brains of most mammals, but if taken synthetically, it can cause hallucinations in dreamlike states while awake. A lot of people have been using this to try to explore kind of their inner mind. They believe it connects you to this um, this inner link subconscious. And it, the stuff on DMT is just, there's so much that is on there and just so much, like, the stuff that people claim that you can get from doing this. I've heard people talk about being able to learn more about themselves. I've heard people claim that they get superpowers from this. And some people even call this the spirit molecule. Yes. Because uh, it binds us. Because what? Either what? It's found in everything or it binds us all together. It connects everything yeah, it's, and everybody. Um, oh, God. I, can't, I don't, can't believe I can't remember the term. You know how, like, the, we each have our personal subconscious, but that belief that there's a interconnected subconscious among all people. Yes. Yeah. But I can't remember the word for it for some reason. Yeah. Um, but... You might be wondering, why are we talking about DMT while we're talking about, you know, this sort of clown jester phenomena? It is because there is a ton of people 
that when they do DMT reports seeing these jesters that come to them. And I mean a ton. I listened to dozens and dozens of stories of people on DMT uh, having interactions with these jester-like entities on there. And you might be going, oh, Marcus, that's interesting, but don't people see weird things when they do drugs normally? Well, guys, this thing actually fits the sort of, sort of modus operandi that we've already laid out for these entities. It kind of keeps to that theme, making me think it's more than just a simple hallucination. And also, don't you guys think it's kind of weird that so many people have the same damn hallucination? It's kind of weird that so many different people